Welcome to the Mastering College to Career Podcast, where we're here to help you land your dream job. So if at any time during this episode you find any value, please make sure you take a screenshot and you share it with a friend. And don't forget, make sure you leave us a review on iTunes. That will mean the world. So without further ado, enjoy this episode. All right, podcast audience, I want you guys to be the first ones to know that I will be conducting live free online training on how to get a job with a Fortune 500 company. Yes, it's how you get a job with the companies that receive thousands of applicants per job opening and how with this three secrets that I'll cover in this live training class, you will be able to stand out amongst the crowd. So I'm gonna talk about in this um, training, I'm gonna talk about three things. Number one is the real reason why most students receive rejection emails. And I'm gonna teach you how you can prevent this from happening and pretty much practically guarantee that you get at least an interview. Um, And I know you all get those emails. I've gotten those emails myself, right? We are sorry to inform you that we've decided to move with another candidate. Yes, I hate those emails and I don't want those emails for you. So I'm gonna tell you how you avoid those emails. Um, Number two is I'm gonna talk to you about how receiving a job offer from a Fortune 500 company is as simple as an open book test. And you do not need the perfect GPA, that 3.5, 3.9 GPA, or a particular major like accounting or finance or engineering to get those job offers either. You can still get job offers without that perfect GPA or a particular major. Um, And then secret number three is I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna talk about how Fortune 500 companies handle campus recruiting and how you can take advantage of this inside secrets to set yourself apart from thousands of other candidates. Um, Whether this is your first time listening to this podcast or this is your hundredth, um, you know, I've, I've personally been on the other side, right? I've been on campuses representing PepsiCo, interviewing, talking to people. I know how this works. I've interviewed hundreds of other companies and understand how this works. So I decided to put this free online training for you. So if you are interested, I only have a spot for 100 students. It's just really what Zoom, the platform that I use, allows me to have. Um, go to masteringcollege2career.com forward slash free training to register. First 100 students get access. The other ones, you snooze, you lose, buddy. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to this episode of the Mastering College to Career podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I know I've had a couple of people ask me, why do I never talk about GPA? And so this podcast today, we're going to be talking about is GPA important? And I can't talk about this by myself because this would be extremely biased on that answer. So I decided to bring my friend Manny De La Cruz into this conversation with me. And Manny works for ExxonMobil and um, the chemicals division. So he's North America Olefins Optimizer. Look, guys, I have no idea what he does. I just know he's really smart and he... <laughs> Um, he recruits engineers, and he's just the man. And he's, I listen to his podcast, uh, Man, He Talks. He has an amazing podcast out there. The same place that you're listening to this podcast, um, if you are an engineering student, any student, listen to it. Um, his advice is really t- t- tailored towards more of a technical STEM kind of careers because that's where his background is. Just like you'll notice that my advice 
is more tailored towards business and, and non-technical careers just because that's more of my background is. And so there is no right, no wrong answer. Manny has an awesome advice. And I know this is a really long introduction, but Manny, you deserve it, man. So Manny, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? Good, Daniel. Thank you, uh, first of all, for having me. I, I was hearing your introduction and I, and, and I laughed when you said a lot of people ask you, why don't you talk about GPA? And I remember when we first started meeting each other and you, you know, your book was about to come out and I was like hot about reading it. And I read the whole thing. And one of the first questions I slung at you was, uh, hey, where's the, where's the discussion on GPA? Which is kind of what started, the, uh, started this dialogue. So uh, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a very real statement. If anything, I'm one of those people that uh, hit you up for that bit of information. So yeah, look, from a work perspective, uh, I, could, uh, I could spend all time trying to tell you exactly what I do. Bottom line, I kind of help uh, the chemical plants for ExxonMobil in North America, so the Gulf Coast and in Canada just make the right decisions on the uh, feedstocks that we use to make the products that we do. Um, it's all about uh, in buying some of these feedstocks out in the market, understanding that where they're trading and, and so on and so forth. Just imagine, you know, the chemical plants and oven, we're trying to make cookies and I got to find the cheapest flour, sugar and milk and make sure that we get the best cookie uh, available. So hopefully maybe that clarifies it if not, uh, well, we can talk about that uh, some other time. But uh, yeah, you mentioned the podcast. Uh, look, like you, uh, you write, and, and you mentioned this in your book, there's a ton of students that uh, need help. I don't care what your major is. I don't care if you're business, law, medical, engineering, like you, I happen to have a STEM background. So that's what I gravitate towards here at the beginning. But uh, the, the, the uh, the advice, uh, very much like your book, I recommend it to engineers all the time. Uh, you've seen me kind of give it out, some of the conversations that I do, is because the information is uh, transferable, right? Some, you can replace the word business with engineering and vice versa, and it works all the same. So I did, I did that's where it was rooted from, to give that information, and you kind of touched on my recruiting. I've been doing minority recruiting with this great company for uh, about seven years now. I love it. It's the fun part of the job. And it just gives me audience to help all of these people that uh, quite frankly need a lot of help. Man, Manny, I am so excited to have this conversation with you because um, so many people ask me about why do I not talk about GPA on my book or on my speeches and how, how can I go and tell somebody how to land their dream job without even mentioning GPA? And I think the reason why I'm so excited to have this conversation with you in particular, because when I gave, generally when I answered people, I gave them like, you know, one sentence answer and they never, like that's it, they, they take it and be like, all right, great. But you actually continue the conversation and start asking, I remember we, and we talked about it for, for a while and, and you were the first person like really kind of like was peeling down the layers um, of why I, I just didn't mention UPA. Like, I, long story short, why I personally do not mention GPA for everybody listening to this is because you get the you get the importance of GPA for everybody. You grew up understanding the importance of grades, so I try to f emphasize and focus on the areas that people don't try to cover. But at the same time, I also don't think GPA is as important as what everybody makes it seem like, which is what we're going to talk about today. But um, but before we dive into today, like, let, 
I want the audience to get to know you a little bit better um, and why, uh, you know, what, like, what, you know, a little bit of background because you have, you've been working for ExxonMobil for over eight years now, over eight years and a half. Um, you did minority recruiting for seven years. And for the individuals who are not in STEM, they might not think of Exxon, they, they know ExxonMobil, they're one of the largest companies in the world. Uh, but you do not know, might not know that they're probably one of the, the high, most, if you are an engineer and you, especially if you're, uh, there's, what are the type of engineers like if, if you get a job at ExxonMobil, it's like getting the, the, the best job out there. Like the, the, you guys for, for specific jobs and industries, that is the cream of the cream of the cream of the crop, right? Yeah. So, so let me back up, right? So there's a, just to kind of break it up, because I think the, the history for me and my background it, it formulated my opinion in this topic, right? So we go back. So I'm what's considered a non-traditional student. So I graduated high school. Uh, I was always smart, but uh, I didn't, my parents didn't go to college. So I got out of high school and I worked. One thing I always brought to the table was work ethic. Like I worked with my dad since I was, you know, 14, 15. And, and by the time I got into high school, I was working a couple of jobs and going to high school. So I always had money in my pocket. And so I just didn't have that, uh, that uh, immediate need to go into college, right? So fast forward, I, you know, I find my wife and I have a couple kids. And at that point, that's when I was like, man, I could really, you know, uh, screw them up. Like that was my biggest fear. My motivation uh, to getting back and doing something was because of my, uh, because of my kids. And so once I started getting into school, I got involved with this group called Mayas. It's a Latinos in Engineering and Science. Now I work with SHIP. But the purposes of those groups is like Prospanica. I've seen that you kind of have, so I think you or, or, or Alpha, right? You also have some uh, mentions uh, for, for business mm -hmm. people. I've seen those kind of organizations are all about helping, you know, minority uh, candidates kind of make it through and develop into, into a, a potential candidate for some of these uh, companies. So anywho, fast forward, I find some mentors. They start giving me the law of the land. And, and they start talking about, hey, do you remember why you're going to school? And, and uh, understanding that that's like priority number one. And in that, that was the beginnings of how my, my, you know, my uh, GPA opinion got kind of formulated. And I kind of put that one to the side because I'm pretty sure some of this will come up as we start to discuss it. But then, yes, fast forward because of that mentorship and because I had a clear understanding of the GPA requirements very early on for ExxonMobil, along some other companies that I was looking at too at the time. Uh, in this technical field, I was prepared, right? And so, yes. Yeah, so within, let's to answer the other part of your question. So within ExxonMobil, yeah, it's a great, wonderful company, a huge global footprint. We got a lot of technical problems all around. How do we meet the world's uh, energy demands? And you know. I'm not here to speak necessarily for the company, but I, I find myself, but even when I started as a, as a mechanical engineer doing exactly the work that was taught in the classroom, like I was doing it in my first job, right? So when they say, hey, you go to college, you don't even use that stuff. That was not my experience. Like I did not sell my, my books back at the end of a semester because those were my reference books. And so my very first job in, like I was doing actual calculations that I had previously learned in the classroom. So all kinds of engineers that I work with, mechanical, electrical, you name it, we hire them, but with the longer term vision. It's not just like, hey, what are you gonna do in this assignment? What are you going to do in the future? And you're right, uh, the brand that is the company is powerful, it's huge, and when you're that big and huge of a company, 
you kind of uh, are have the ability to get very selective and like you said get the get the cream of the crop so let's dive into it you know so um so a little like recap so manny right he does minority recruiting and so he speaks with uh students from you know many universities and they're recruiting and they have a minimal gpa requirement right there is you guys have a requirement for gpa that's correct mm -hmm. right and um and then from my perspective i i think gpa is important but it's not it's not critical and it's that there's a lot like and i don't think we both agree on this like gpa is important but there's more to it but i think um i think what we're trying to debate is the company's perspective on GPA. Um, and so Manny, why do you think GPA is so important then? Okay, so from here, like I wanna have this conversation and this is where I take my ExxonMobil hat yeah. off. And I'm gonna speak Manny De La Cruz, right? As the mechanical engineer who has talked to a whole bunch of engineers. And remember, I looked at other companies too before I signed up with ExxonMobil. So here we go, right? So why, what, for, for, for me, the reason that GPA is important and typically the story I talk about or the comparison or the analogy that I give is a credit score, right? So let's say I want to buy a truck today. I want to walk into the Dodge dealer or the Ram dealership and I want to walk out with that sweet 2019 truck. And I walk in there all dressed nice and I walk in there talking politely and hey, look, I'm very interested in this truck. And at some point, that guy or girl who's trying to sell me this truck is, can do one of two things. I can tell you what they're not gonna do. They're not gonna say, hey, Manny, look, you look nice, you speak well. I think you're a nice guy, here's the keys, have a nice day. What are they gonna ask me for? Credit score, right? And so my argument is, hey, what does a credit score say about you without your name and a number, what does it say? It implies without no conversation and no historical background that you know, you're responsible with money, that you have some proven record of borrowing and paying it back, Bottom line that you're good for the long haul to meeting the expectations of that contract, which is that payment within mm -hmm. that, that, that bill. I kind of same thing with schooling, right? If I meet a candidate and they come up to me and I'm, and I'm going to talk to them or I meet somebody brand new without even getting into the weeds about how they did in class and whether or not they actually know calculus and physics and mechanics of solids, the GPA allows me to infer without even talking some level of understanding of the basic conceptual material so that then I can now move on to what I consider the meat potatoes and the important part, which is how are you with people? How do you communicate? Are you adaptable? Are you gonna fit within the roles that I'm looking for, et cetera? In the absence of that initial nice juicy GPA, I have to spend a lot of time of that one short hour trying to really understand whether or not this person uh, truly knows, like let's say mechanical engineering. So, and, and so guys, like for me, I think a GPA is one data point out of multiple data points when employers are looking to make a decision. Um, and I think GPA matters more on a technical majors versus a non-technical majors. And so if you are in a non-technical major, I think that your credit score, right, your GPA doesn't have such an importance as somebody who is an engineer or in med school where there is that data point just is so much stronger, has so much more weight. And so I think when, when, when we're looking at, um, here's my biggest problem with GPA. Um, I think that 
there's class you can there's a way to get depending you get you can go and go to rate my professor take classes that are easier it doesn't mean that you learned it uh different universities teach differently which means that some universities is easier to hire gpa than other universities um but i think the biggest thing that i have against gpa is how much opportunity the opportunity cost that is wasted when somebody spends all their whole college career studying so that they can get a 4.0 GPA, knowing that 3.5 will still get you the same results, but that time that you allocated from a 3.5 to a 4.0 could have used it to network, you could have used it for internships, could have used it for so many other things that could have got you farther along than a 0.5 difference in your GPA. And so I think for me, I think you should look at GPA and not so much in the particular number, but more than anything in um, brackets. And I think you, sh you, you need to figure out what bracket you need to land depending on your goals. And so if your goal is to go work at, if you're an engineer and your goal is to go work for a top tier one engineering company, like the Exxon Mobiles of the world, then you do need a 3.5 and above, or maybe it's even higher nowadays. But if your goal it's not that there's other comp and you have a list of companies and those companies don't have a set GPA number, then I would invest your time. And yes, you should pass and you should know the material and understand the material, but cramping for an exam just so you can pass it and then forget everything you did the next day, just so you can have a good GPA. I just don't think it's a good waste of your, of your time. See, and, and look, and I, and I am, flexible in, in, in part of it. And so I try to tell people that, and like you, it really depends what the narrative is, right? And so one, I agree, it is one data point. But when, and earlier I had talked about depending on the size of the company, hey, if you're like a Fortune 100, you, because of your brand, you can be ultra selective. And so it is no, I, and this is not just for where I work, but I have friends that recruit at Chevron, that recruit at companies like Caterpillar and Cummings and so on. And those are pretty big brands. And like I was just a ship this last week, the line in that career fair is hundreds and hundreds of hopefuls deep, right? So initially, even just to be able to, to, to digest that amount of people, sometimes the GPA is used as a screening criteria. And I agree, it is one tiny piece of the puzzle, but that's just logistically. I haven't even gotten into the now, once you get past that, yes, you're absolutely correct that you do need to get to know the person. You do need to understand uh, what they bring to the table. And absolutely, you made a good point about, hey, if somebody is smart, they can think about, you know, how to, how to go to rate my professor, get the test from the last semester. If the book has the answers to odds, I can get online and get the PDF with all the evens. I've been there. I've done that. So if your people, and so you can do that. But within the interview, now this is where really the, the essence of the questions and your consistency in some of your answers and the strength of the examples that you bring to the table, that's where uh, you now are supporting your integrity in the way that you were, uh, uh, that you carried yourself as a student. So I agree. I, and so the other thing you kind of mentioned, and I've heard that argument before, where someone says, hey, if I was to, you know, what's the point of learning all this stuff just to turn around and forget it? I did premise this and I think you're absolutely correct. If it's a, if it's a technical role, 
in my case, and, 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 and again, some of these entry level roles, you're flat out doing some of the work that you did, that you took a test on or that you did homework on uh, versus just, uh, and I think what might happen is someone says, well, I learned all this, you know, you know, if I'm doing something that's non-technical, I learned all this algebra or all this science or all this philosophy. And at the end of the day, I just need to be able to do the business aspect of things or, or the people aspects of things. You're right. I can see how in those cases, you might see the GPA as less valuable, but when it's highly technical and it's highly tied to the work that you did, I think the correlation between the score itself and, and jumping to a, a conclusion as to how you may perform in the future under that curriculum, I think it's a fair job. So let me ask you a question. What sells better? A, the, a good product that is marketed well or a bad product with good marketing? A, say that again, a good product. So what's, what sells better? A really good product that has really bad marketing or a really bad product that has really good marketing? I think the better the marketing, just to basically what you're saying, the better the marketing, that's kind of what gets the story out and how you're able to package it, sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't so, care, you're right. I don't care how good a product is. If you can't tell the story, you can't market it, then it's no good. And anyways, we have cases of that where I get a 3.9 and a 4.0 that just doesn't work. Right, and so what my argument is on, on this, I guess what I'm trying to say, Manny, is that I think students that have a high deep, I'm not saying again, I'm not every 100% of students that have a 4.0 or a 3.9. I'm generalizing here, right? The majority of students that focus so much on GPA solely focus on GPA. And my problem is that they could be the best candidate, right? The most knowledgeable, but they don't market themselves. And what I consider marketing themselves is networking. And, and you, you made a point of you being in, in, in Shep, and I always say, Ship, Shep, I say it wrong every time because I don't but even hey, know what the right answer is. That one is, the jury is still out. Don't worry. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I did a podcast interview with Fernando. I think we have mutually friends with Fernando, yeah. and he's like, uh, he, was a, he was a regional for Shep. And he, one time he said, Shep, one day he said, Shep, I'm like, bro, you're going, I'm going crazy trying to figure out which one it is. We're not um, going to solve, we're not going to solve that. Solve that yeah, we're not solve solving it. it here. Okay. So I, I still, like you said it, like there's hundreds of, of students in that particular career fair alone that you go through your, go through each recruiters or each company's tables. Um, and how do you stand out? Because all those have a great GPA. And I think for me, I think that's what you stand out through networking. Like you stand out to building relationships and your GPA just needs to be decent. Like it needs to be like, it's like a credit score. Like I, you don't need an 850 all the time. All you need is a 700 or a 630 and you can buy a house. So that, I, I, I think that's where I'm, I'm getting at. It's like GPA is important, but after a 3.0, there's a diminishing demand for every point that goes up. And my question is, it's, it's so much harder to go have a 3.5 or a 4.0 and like, and so you need more, more time studying and more time studying. It's not like, Oh, if I just study two more hours, I can get my GP. I just, I just Same feel like you, you spend networking. You're going to get ahead. You market yeah. yourself. See, and look, and I think if I, if I was trying to be, and I know it's nuts cause we're talking tenths of a point, but Hey, yeah. and I'm not, we're not going to solve this one here. But I don't, I don't think the debate is a three, you know, say a 3.5 versus a 4.0 and 
and only 4.0s get into big old companies. I think that would be wrong. There's plenty of uh, plenty of brilliant, smart people that can't talk, do not work great, great in groups, right? That can't, uh, you know, work, work in conflict or like a, a, a one man band or one woman band. Well, that doesn't work, right? So you might have a book for so on. I think I think when we if we shift the scale and we start talking. It's really that break of that 3.5 and above versus a 3.5 and below. And, and that 3.5 being the measuring stick for a lot of these powerhouse brand companies and folks that are floating in that 3.2, 3.3 range just, just cannot fathom or, or, or cannot uh, sometimes comprehend. And again, like you, you put the general caveat, I'm not talking all, but that can't fathom about, well, I have everything else to offer. And while... I completely agree, but the, the truth of the matter is, like we went, and I keep going to ship, ship's fresh on my mind, right? I just went there, I just came back, I'm still riding the, the, the convention honeymoon, as I call it, you know, you're really high and amped up about it. I mean, we had 9,000 people from across the country come, and they were looking for, for positions within 350 companies. Now, let's say, just for the sake of argument, that out of those nine, that out of all those companies, there was a thousand jobs to be given out. Heck, if you want, let's say 2,000. I don't know what it is. I think that number's kind of high, but if you take that math, 7,000 people walked away with nothing. But those 2,000 that were there met some of this criteria and it wasn't just a number. The number just got you in the conversation and then the real interaction and conversation started. That's all, that's all that, that's, that's, for every person that says, and, and, I, I, I'm, and I always get heat for this one, and I don't expect it to be any different, but I was like, for every person that has that 3.0, that has a magnificent story, there's probably another 10, 3.6s, 3.7s that have a relatable story. So, so, all right, perfect. Okay, okay, let's, let's, let's go, let's go. Here's, I, 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 okay, I graduated college with, dozens of job offers yeah. many of those offers were from fortune 50 fortune 500 fortune 100 companies how many asked me for my gpa yeah i know this i read it in your book it's a good zero book. zero 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 and a lot of these companies i had to interview three to four times and sometimes there was like three people per interviewing me like i had a company so, where i i went from three panel interviews back to back to back so i interviewed like 10 people in one day from one company and zero zero and i think the reason why well i know the reason why because i, I went back and i was a re, i was similar to you i have my job but I, I did recruiting on the side because i just enjoy going back and and recruiting and speaking on campuses and i will say because i know what you're going to tell me already well daniel like that is a non-technical major right like it is different right so i agree with you i would agree with you on that one yeah if, if people aren't seeing are my facial expressions i guess I know, I know. <laughs> you're right no they are because i'm gonna i'm okay. actually putting this uh, i'm starting to put okay. more of the videos on so that people can and then people oh. can still listen to the podcast well, well. Anybody who's on audio, I'm giving them these facial cues. Yeah, because <laughs> you're right. Because, like, again, I, am a, I came from a non-technical background. I, I'm marketing and management. He came from engineering. And um, here's what I this – is, this is where I will we'll leave it. I think you still need a good GPA. I think uh, for a business major, a non-technical business major, like a management and marketing, a 3.0 will do fine. 
if you are a technical major or even finance or accounting, I think if you want to go for the tier one roles, tier one companies, you need a 3.5 and above. Um, if That's just my opinion. That's the feedback that I give students when, I, when I'm talking to them. But here, here's the, what I, and I'm going to kick it back to you, Manny. I, here's what I think. I think that students should invest time in networking. If I am an engineering student right now, right? I, I think life, I think you always want to leverage and get the most leverage that you can. When you are one student out of 60,000 students in your university, the odds could be overwhelming. The odds are overwhelming. When you are one of 9,000 students going for a thousand jobs, so similar example that you were talking about, the odds could be overwhelming. So I think about, in the advice that I give a lot in my book is, I give advice on how you can do the opposite of what people are doing so that you can gain the odds. Because the 80-20 rule applies all the time. It's a Palermo principle. It has been proven. It applies pretty much everywhere you can think of. The 80-20 rule applies. And when 80% of people are doing something, those 80% of people are going after only 20% of the jobs. And, it's, and, it's, and, and, the, and the graph is flipped as well. 20% of people are not focused on the GPA aspect or are not focused so much on, the, on what the conventional way of applying for a job is, apply online, go to the career services. But yet studies show over 80% of jobs are filled through referrals, are filled through networking. And so that example is, if you were to just focus five hours a week, and I just, I'm throwing away, I'm throwing the number five hours, but it could be more, it could be whatever that is, on networking, I'm building meaningful relationships with people that work at these top tier companies. And because you build their relationships, you're able to show them what you can bring to the table. GPA, that one data point is no longer as valuable as the other data points because the biggest fear for companies is the hiring wrong. If you hire somebody wrong at PepsiCo for a management training program, it costs $150,000. That's why it's so important to make sure that we're hiring the right people. But if I'm able to build a relationship, you're able to job shadow me, you're able to really show me that you have what it takes. You have, you have the work ethic, leadership, and communication skills that I was looking for when I was recruiting for PepsiCo, then the fear of hiring wrong would go away, meaning it was a good investment, and then I would hire you, and GPA would not matter. All right. Path on the yeah, no, so good. So anyways, <laughs> you, threw, you, you threw out a stat very early about, hey, how many job offers you got? Look, and, and, and at this point, I think you can already guess what I'm going to say. When I applied as a, a, you know, as a senior mechanical engineer, I applied, had multiple offers, and guess how many you know, of them asked me about GPA? Every oh. single one of them. Right. Every single one of them had a requirement. Everyone, you know, now I will say this. So like, and I like what you said, and even you yourself, even within business, you said there's something to be said about, you know, 3.0 being, being fine. There's, there, there is this whole conversation to be had about your college will graduate you with a two point, I think seven, five, maybe sometimes 2.5. There are your university will take your money and they will issue you a piece of paper that says that you graduated with a 2.75. And that's, that's it. Right. But, and so that's, that's an even bigger struggle for some folks that are even on that spectrum of the GPA. So now fast forward with the, I completely agree with what you said. I think there is something to be said around whether you're going to do a technical versus non-technical, right? The two of us are kind of, are, are two data points now. 
but in reality, you've had multiple conversations. I've had multiple conversations because I do, I do. I mean, if I'm going to throw it out there out in public like this, I kind of got to do a little homework to make sure that I'm not just talking from a singular, a singular point. Uh, now, if I just talk specifically within, remember it's the range, there's like a minimum uh, 3.5, uh, like my GPA graduating, I had a 3.6. And so it's not like we're just hiring a whole bunch of 4.0s all the time, but absolutely to your point, now we get, and I love it, this is why we're, we're connecting and why we were connecting, it's the importance of mentorship. One piece that I want to make sure that I highlight and then I always give my plug is to mentorship. So somebody, I mean, first of all, I got involved. I went to, the, to, to, to conventions when I was a student and I met multiple recruiters. And I was networking as a freshman at San Antonio College with a, minim, you know, a minimal GPA of sub 3.5 and somebody very early on started showing me the ways, right? And started telling me about, hey, there's a tier of companies that they can have, you know, they, they, it, what I'm, what, I guess pretty much what I'm saying now, someone told to me in some way, shape or form now, it's like, yeah, the proof is there. But even within the technical world, there is a subgroup or there is a maybe a different tier of companies that don't have a, such a higher requirement or a type of position. So there is such things as like engineering sales or engineering consulting, where you don't necessarily have to be the person doing the calculation or making the design or crunching all the, the, the you know, the, the black magic numbers, but maybe you just have to know enough to understand some of the principles so that you can talk about it and promote it and sell it. You're right, sometimes those requirements might be a little different. But again, I think even for, even for within the tech space, there still is this minimum that I doubt that it goes uh, below 3.0, but I have heard those stories of when people break in into, into, the, into the work world and then work out their, their story and their narrative that way. So again, this kind of, I think, some, maybe it was at the beginning, we started talking about the importance of not only the mentorship, but as you're going, aligning your expectations, right? And so I often will run into a senior that's about to graduate, and I did it just last week. I run into some seniors that are going to graduate here in a month and a half, at the end of December, not even a month and a half, here mid-December, they're going to graduate, and they're hearing this information for the first time. Or seemingly, they, it's, it looks like no one's ever told told him this to me that is a mistake yeah yeah whether that person could have done something or mm -hmm. someone could have spoken into it or they were hearing it and were just hanging out on the sidelines and said no i'll get to it when i get to it i think that's the bigger thing that 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 has to be resolved about if you are a a freshman and i guess maybe if you're a freshman you know sophomore now is the time to start plugging in to start networking to start getting your name out within your school and outside of school because you're going to blink and you're going to be a graduating senior. And if you haven't worked this, your story, your happy ending is not going to probably end the way that you had hoped for. Yeah. And I think for students listening to I think we could both agree on this, right? Um, I, I, actually, you know, it's funny because the more me and you talk, the more I actually change my, my perception of GPA, right? Like, um, I, I honestly do think GPA is important. Like, I, I don't mention it a lot. I don't mention it in the book because... I think that you can be successful with the, having the highest GPA. And I, I am someone who is not the smartest when it comes to book smart. Um, I graduated high school with a 2.9 GPA. I graduated college with a 2.9 GPA. And I joke around and I say that the, the reason why I always get a 2.9 is because I used to read a book that it told me that the, most, uh, the, most, the average CEO of a Fortune 1000 company 
graduated um, with a two graduated college with a two point nine GPA um, and, and got there through the sales route. And so um, and so obviously I, I started my career in sales. I graduated with with a sales major, which sales you don't need GPA, right? So um, I, it's just my experience, right? And, and and I talk a lot about it in my book, like. It's my experience that you do not need a high GPA to be successful. But I will tell you this, guys, uh, listening to this. A lot of the students that I have been mentoring, you know, for the last two years who are now graduating and getting job offers that I wish I knew existed, right? They're getting job offers with the best companies in the entire world that are following my book. They are not only following my book, but have a 3.5 GPA and higher and that is what they're getting, just amazing job offers from companies that do not recruit in their school. And that's a different episode. That's a different topic for a different school where there's top tier companies do not recruit at every school. They have their core schools. They only visit 10, uh, 20, 25 max, but you can still get jobs with them by attending events like Shep National Convention. Um, so, and, and Manny, I'm going I'm to let you close it up with whatever you, you want to say. But for my opinion, for what you're listening to is this, guys. You can land any job you want as long as you know what the company is looking for. So if, if, if you want to go work for Google or you want to go work for ExxonMobil or you want to go work for Facebook, you need to understand what they're looking for. What is their minimum requirement? And understand that is like, what they're looking for in their candidates, whether it's a 3.5 GPA, um, if it's this particular, and, and it might change, not, not by the company, but also by the job that you're applying for, um, th those criteria might change. So just look at it because finding a job, it's an open book test. And every company wants to tell you what they're hiring for because it is in their best interest to, to tell you what they're hiring for so that you can prepare yourself soft skills and technical skills. And so, just know where you want to work and that should determine what GPA you should go after. Um, and, and that's really what it comes down to. And if you're in sales, then no, you doesn't really matter. <laughs> Manny, your thoughts. And look, and, and, and I think we, we've said it a couple of times in, in the last bit here. It, and, and the premise always starts, well, if you know what you want, that's a very loaded statement, right? And so, and, and when I did my episode on this, I said, I had to like, it sounded like a legal brief at the beginning. Like, let's agree that before this conversation continues, you have a goal in mind. You have given thought to why you're in school. You understand the priority of why you're there and understand uh, what you want to accomplish. Now, if you're in school right now because your parents forced you into it, well, maybe there's some things you got to solve before you even figure out, you know, what company you want to line up with, uh, et cetera. But somewhere in there, you have to make a commitment. Again, time is time it's right right it might be four to five years i'm a, i was a super senior so i always give that right but there's that time's going to come upon you real quick so if you truly uh, have a plan and are committed to completing it then understanding what goes into your gpa is is pretty important i always give another analogy look i'm really good at some things daniel there are just some things that i have not figured out weight loss and and health is something that i'm continuously failing at continuously want to figure out and if you were to ask, you know, it's not like I could sit here and tell you that, well, I have this exercise schedule and I have all my calories counted and I have, that's not the level of dedication that I have. But when I see somebody who's ultra fit, that's all buff and, and that I aspire to, and I start breaking down, how did you accomplish it? Guess what? They have a plan 
and they're in tune with every step of their nutrition and diet and exercise. So the disconnect for me, like, uh, you know, I go to a convention, I meet a candidate and they have, you know, let's say that they have this 3.2 and I start asking some basic questions. It's okay. So you're a sophomore, you know, do you, you know, what's the highest, G, what, what GPA are you going to graduate by the end of the semester? And if all things continue, what's the highest GPA that you could accomplish? And they just look at me like, you know, with deers in a headlight. And I'll tell you that the way GPAs are calculated uh, is not top secret, right? I've gone to multiple school sites and found out exactly how the calculations go. And even now online, you can find a GPA calculator where you put all your classes, the credit hours, and boom. And so for me, I'll tell you, again, part of my story, I, I was married and had kids. So when I made this decision and my wife was a big part of it about the importance of school and where it fell out and what we were trying to accomplish and knowing that we were shooting for the stars with some of these companies, well, then it became very protected. Well, I then had to know how to, how to and I call it an engineering sensitivity analysis, like here was all my classes, here's the potential grades, and I had my best case, my medium case, and my worst case for my GPA by semester. Because guess what? I was juggling life. I had to figure out, and, and, and I made decisions on when to walk away from a course or when to just say enough's enough on studying because uh, I knew I had a plan already as to what class I could take with B on or a C on and so forth. So anyway, so the point I'm trying to make is if you have a plan and you have an, and if you're really truly giving that school or, 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 your, or your plan the level of attention that, that it needs, you can be successful, right? Because again, we're talking about a, a few points, a few points within that GPA. And then it's aligning your expectation. You got to understand what very early on find out what the GPA requirements. It blows my mind sometimes when I meet a candidate that uh, just comes up and seemingly had no idea what the GPA requirement was. And that's not just, it's not like they knew everything else about the company, but that one thing, typically that's a sign that they didn't fully investigate a company, yeah. do the research and, and so on. So again, again, sometimes I feel like I go off on tangents, but the point being is, Hey, I think there's, there's, there's things that we agree on there networking and having a plan is critical in, in in mastering this kind of this kind of thing yeah i know and ladies and gentlemen who are listening to this podcast like um it, it really has to do a lot with your major as well so like just um i hope you guys have enjoyed this conversation um and this dialogue because i think we we haven't recorded this dialogue is it's going to allow you to you know see both perspectives and, and make your own decision and what is important to you. And it's not just about like whether you agree with me or you agree with Manny, it's what, is, what, what is your goal with your life once you graduate college and what does it take to land the jobs that you want, right? Have the plan. Um, so, and then that, that can help you make the decision. So if you've enjoyed this conversation, you're going to, you're going to love Manny's podcast. Like uh, Manny talks, uh, there's going to be a link on it on the show notes. Make sure that you um, listen to it, especially if you are, you know, in a technical STEM field, like his, his content is more tailored towards that, which I highly encourage you. If you need to dump my podcast and listen to his, if it's a better fit for you, do it. I, I absolutely do it. Like I, I, I want the best for you who's listening to this. I want you to graduate college with your dream job. And if, if, that if you only have time for 30 minutes a week and, and that's Manny's podcast, I would, I highly suggest you, you do it. Um, and I know that sounds a little weird, but that's how I feel. So you should, <laughs> that's how I feel. That's it. That's it. So that's just how I feel. I don't have to tell you anymore. 
Um, and if you want to get a hold and connect with Manny because Manny is the man, then you need to just find him on LinkedIn. That's it. You need to That's network it. your way through LinkedIn. I, I'm not going to give you his email. Nope. Top secret information right there. I can't. This patent. I can't, just can't share it. I'm just kidding. But guys, seriously, just find him on LinkedIn. If you don't know how to find him on LinkedIn, then you need to go to the show notes of this note. It'll be his podcast link as well as the link to his LinkedIn. And then just send him a message and it better be personalized. Don't, don't send him a connection. Just, just a connection. No. If you, there's no personalized connection, he's going to deny it. So, um, Manny, any last words before we, we end this po amazing podcast? No, man. I thank you for the invite for sure. I knew, I knew when I kind of, when I, when I, a couple things and th to throw it back your way, uh, when I first kind of started running into your content, guess what those algorithms and in Instagram work once you start podcasting and, and this guy, Daniel Otero starts popping up. First thing that came to mind, Hey, I got a young Latino author who wrote a book on how to master some of this stuff. And that's just something that I haven't seen, right? So instantly, just to the sheer fact that you were uh, some Latino talent trying to make it happen was huge. And then the second test for me was reading the book and seeing it. I am a bit like people, and one of the things that gravitated me towards towards the book and why I, and why I recommend it is because it wasn't chock full of just foo-foo advice. It didn't say, ah, get up, be positive, give it 110%. That is not the book. If that's what you're looking for. Don't read it. But if you're looking for very tactical advice with homework and a plan, that's what caught my attention. Like you hear me talk about my, my ridiculous spreadsheet for my GPA. Well, Daniel, in your own world, you have a ridiculous plan for how to, how to organize yourself in a good way. I say ridiculous in a great way, but how to organize. So I, I appreciate the, 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 the comments and the share. Uh, yes, you're absolutely correct. LinkedIn's the way to get me, uh, get a hold of me. And I hope, and, and I say my hope and prayer is that uh, those that are hearing me say reach out, those that hear you say reach out, that they actually just do it. Because when yeah. we throw it out there, at least I know for the two of us, when we throw it out there, we mean it. The truth is, I don't know what the listenership for this is going to be. Even if it's two, maybe one of them or none of them are going to reach out. And that's the sad truth. I don't know why. And I hope that, and I hope people prove me wrong. Yeah. I, you know, Manny, like it's so funny when you, um, the, the average podcast episode is getting about, you know, 300 to 500 listens right now. Even if 1% of rich, I, I don't even think 1% actually will end up reaching out, which is the saddest part at the mall because I think about leverage, right? And I don't know why I'm going on this tangent now, but I just, it's so important, right? Like, got you amped up again. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know what? Look, leverage. If you wanted to speak to Manny in a career fair, you have no leverage because you are one of 1,000, 3,000, 6,000 students. But if you were to reach out to Manny on LinkedIn on a day that is not career fair, it's one to one ratio, which means that you get all the attention. And, and it's the same person with the same connections, with the same ability to open the door to an amazing company, but people don't think about that. And I think about that all the time is how can you leverage yourself as a student to position to yourself? So it's not one, the average job. And we talked about this Manny and we'll close it up. Cause I know you got to go and I got to go. The average job in America gets 700 applicants. I remember you telling me that number is higher at your company. And so it's insane to think that like you have a less than half a percent for you getting that. I mean like what is it, less than 0.2% for you getting the job but if you were to take an opportunity like 
messaging Manny on LinkedIn or messaging anybody where you want to work at, your, your odds skyrocket because the average resume gets seen six seconds. But if you were to build a relationship with Manny, send him your resume, I guarantee he would take at least five minutes. And it's just crazy to me. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. No, I, I have, I have, we could go on for hours and yeah. I would love to come back and run any topic some other time, but uh, I think that's a, that's a great place to, to close. With. Let's end it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you check out the show notes, check out Panny's podcast, find them on LinkedIn, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode of the podcast. made it to the end of the podcast just want to remind you if you are interested in signing up for that free training class on how to land a job with a fortune 500 company head to masteringcollege2career.com forward slash free training to sign up this is a live class so you will be able to ask me questions and remember this is limited to the first 100 students see you there If you're listening to me right now, you, my friend, have made it to the end of the podcast. I want to take some time to thank you and congratulate you for being different and taking control of your career, doing things like listening to this podcast, putting yourself out there and building the experience needed to land your dream job is what's going to set you apart and not be just another statistic. So great job. Keep it up. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with your friends and make sure you subscribe and leave us a review. Talk to you soon.